Hey, my name is Lucas, and I want to welcome you to the official podcast of Coastline Young Adults from Coastline Church in Victoria. This podcast is dedicated to encouraging you in your faith and helping you apply it to real life in real time. Here you'll find messages from our weekly service at Coastline Nights and other conversations where we talk and tackle what it means to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. Everything you find here will point you to the truth and hope of Jesus. So grab a beverage, enjoy the message, and lean into how God wants to speak to you today. We are in week number two of a series called We Are Coastline. As we've just kind of officially changed our name, we're just kind of unpacking and walking through the heartbeat, the the DNA, if you will, of our church, the pillars, the things that make us, us. And so Pastor Andy preached a great message last week, and I'm not just saying that because he's on the front row looking at me. He preached a really good message last week to kick off our series about what it means to, like, for this place to be a home. We are a home, not just a home like is in a building, but we as the church, Coastline Church, we are a home burst out of revival, and we are a home of revival even as the individual. That knowing God, meeting Jesus starts right here, right as an individual in your heart. And that's, that was really the, the, the heartbeat of that last week. And so I want to continue on in this series as, as, as started last week, kind of talking about how we as a church, Coastline Church, we are free. We are free. And, and, and I don't want you to go, like, go to Braveheart or something in your mind there. I want you to really walk with me through this sermon. Because there is a piece here of freedom that I think, I know that word comes with all, it's funny, how words slowly begin to kind of attach themselves to different connotations. And that's, I want you just to hear what I'm going to say today. Because it's interesting, the idea of freedom, feeling like I, I, I want to have or I get to have all of this, and yet still freedom in our heart, which is what we're talking about, can feel kind of difficult. There's a bit of a tension, and I want to unpack that for us today. We've been using Isaiah 61 as a springboard for this series, which is really interesting for a couple of reasons. Our, our, our kind of pillars, who we are as a church, can be found theologically in a few different places, in Exodus 6, in Luke 4, and, and Isaiah 61 really is actually this prophetic word about the ministry of Jesus. I read one commentary this week that literally said, this is what the Messiah will do. Read this, you know? And, and so that's what we're reading here, is what the Messiah will come to do, but it's said six, seven hundred years before he actually came. And like Pastor Andy said last week, he reads it in Luke 4, but I want to read kind of what Andy read last week and then move forward into a couple more verses as we talk about what it means as a church, Coastline Church, to be free, to be a church, a community, a people of God that say we are free. It starts here. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Right, church? That's, what, that's kind of where we landed last week. We want every person to know God, for revival to start, to hear the good news, and to honestly have a transformation from the inside out. But if we keep reading, it says this. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from, excuse me, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and provide those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. Finally, it says, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord, or the display of his splendor. 
So again, I hope you can kind of see the contrast. Again, this is a prophetic word about the ministry of Jesus. Jesus does read this in the Gospels and actually says in the synagogue, when he, where he's reading, he says, today this prophecy has been fulfilled. The scriptures have been fulfilled, referring to himself. And I just love the contrast here. I love, bind the brokenhearted. Freedom for captives. This is the work of Jesus in our life. That darkness would be released from the prisoners. That the mourning, the people who mourn would find comfort. Right? Like you're hearing, you're hearing the, the contrast, excuse me guys, you're hearing the contrast, joy instead of mourning, praise instead of despair. I love the imagery, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. We believe so much in the power of the Spirit of God that He has, that Jesus can really bring salvation to your life. That revival begins when you accept Him right here in your heart, and yet freedom. Freedom often comes as a process by working with God. That even though we are rescued, the work of restoration is still ongoing. Like how many people can be honest? Like, like yes, I know Jesus is real. He has saved me. He has rescued me. And yet, life still feels challenging. Not every single thing in my entire life is perfect. Like I like to say to my kids, it's not all roses and rainbows, sweetheart, right? because my dad used to say it to me and everyone becomes their dad eventually, right? A few people laughed who know it's true. The other people are in denial. It's okay. It's coming. It's happening. Jesus wants to rescue you. He wants to rescue your heart for eternity, but he also wants to redeem your past. He also wants to restore your present. And I think as a church, we have to be honest about this because we could just preach and, and preach gospel and say, Jesus has saved you and everything will just be fine. Just walk out, just say the words. But truthfully, there is a longer, obedient walk that takes place for the Christian. And as a church, coastline church, we know that we want to walk with you in that season. That's why we're talking about this specifically on Small Group Sunday, which we'll talk more about in the, in the message. The heart of Jesus is for you. But again, can I just read this over one more time? He, he understands that even though you can be rescued, that grace can be in your life, life, still there can be brokenheartedness. But he wants to bind you together with him. That even though there can, be, there can be joy from salvation, that he still understands that sometimes darkness comes around us and he wants to break off those chains. That he wants to comfort you in moments of mourning. That there would be joy and praise instead of despair. I am... Um, I always think of it kind of like a run. Uh, I don't like running. I know that seems shocking by my physique, but I don't, I don't love to run. <laughs> running isn't fun, and if you think it's fun, we'll have a prayer time over here after for you. No, I'm, uh, no, I'm not kidding. I was gonna say I'm kidding, but I'm not. We'll literally, I know. I, uh, if, you, if you've ever been to or served, or maybe some of the, your, your, your sons or daughters or whatever maybe have, have gone to Nanus Bay camp, love camp, love it so much. And it used to have, I think it's funny, we used to put kids through a, a week-long sports camp and then just for fun, add a six-kilometer cross-country race, right? Because that's what we do for fun. Again, using that word lightly. And I, I did not like to do the camp run. You could say that again. I remember I would just chug a Gatorade as fast as I could, and I'd be so nervous. And then right before the run would start, I'd quickly 
throw up in a corner and then I would run because I'd just be so nervous about it. And I just knew I wasn't a good runner, but I felt like my team was counting on me. And I kind of feel like, like the analogy sticks. Like you, I remember coming to the end of the camp run one time and I saw someone I really wanted to beat. And so I'm just like running so hard, like with everything in me, my parents, I can see people screaming like, go, go, go. And I'm like, I am going. This is as fast as these legs move. You know, like they're expecting, you just run through the beach. It's a difficult run. It's cross country. And I remember like going so hard and trying to beat this person, like putting my body out there and just falling so hard on my face and tumbling to like, you know, the end of the area. And I remember thinking like, I must have beaten that person. Like I must have gotten through. And certainly I remember the, I think it was Denise Huzzy, bless her heart, was like, nope, sorry, you didn't quite make it. I've like fallen on my face, didn't beat this person. They go ahead of me. And I remember just lying there. And they're like, you have to get up, you have to move. And I'm like, I can't move. Like, this is all that I can do right now. And it's the same idea. Like, we come to Jesus. We, we, we know that something in our life has changed. The old is gone. The new has come. Thank you, Lord. But yet, still, like I finished that run, I'm just lying there in the tiredness of it, right? Like, I'm done. I'm finished. There's joy in my heart. I don't have to do that for another 365. Praise the Lord. I would always think that. But yet still, there's, there's the aftermath. There's still things to deal with. I have to crawl on my arms to get to the orange slices, you know, and start pumping myself. I have to slowly waddle to dinner time later that night because I'm sore. Like, I got to get to the shower. Like, there's other pieces that, that are inter- in play there. And I'm not quite all the way there yet. In theological terms, we call this, we have, we have salvation, where we are made right by Jesus, justification, and then we have sanctification, the ongoing process where we become more and more like Jesus every day, and then we have glorification, where God comes back and makes everything right, and for us, we live in that tension. I would say that most of us in this room probably live in this moment where we kind of struggle with this, I know Jesus is real, and yet, life is still challenging. There are things in my life I don't know if I'm fully free from, and yet I know he is my savior. And I just want to be honest with that tension because it is a real tension. And we as a church never want to push it aside. We understand it, and that's why we want to embrace the journey ahead, which is finding freedom in Christ. That we wouldn't try and struggle alone. I want us to, I want us to walk through the book of Galatians a little bit today which its main theme is freedom in Christ. Because for this church or this region, this whole area had a few, few different spots and this letter might have been passed around a little bit. This church at least for sure is being under fire by Judaizers. People who would say, uh, yes, you can have Jesus, but you should also have a little bit of this and a little bit of that. You should also make sure to obey all the old like, like cleansing rituals and dinner rituals. You should make sure to do all the festivals. Circumcision was a big deal to these guys. I'm not sure why, it was just the biggest deal. And so a false gospel begins to be communicated. And we begin to see that take place because the law, for some reason, brings comfort to some because they were so used to it. And when Jesus came and set them free from that law and replaced it with the law of Christ, the law of love, they had a difficult time embracing it. And I think for us too, we find ourselves in this place. Why is it, church, I even ask, like, why do we struggle to find freedom? 
We know that God is real. He's, he's done a work in our heart. We've truly sensed the spirit of God in our life. And yet, as we continue to walk, there is a struggle to find freedom from past hurts, hangups, habits, traumatic experiences. I think the first thought is this I have for you this morning. I think sometimes we have a difficult time receiving and embracing freedom because grace, the grace of God truly overwhelms us. And I mean that. I really do. I read a quote this week. It says this, It never ceases to amaze me when God wants to take someone to the next level in their life and they let fear of the unknown rob them of this tremendous blessing. I think there are two common problems with Christianity this, this person wrote. They are scared to death of being truly free and God's overwhelming love. Friends, there is no greater peace, no greater gift than the love of Jesus. And I know it's difficult to, to receive and see and, and, and almost experience it because it's like, me? You, you, wanna, you wanna love me? Like the notion that God, you would love me, the, every bit of me, not just the good parts, like the bad parts too. You want, you want, all, you want to be in relationship with, with Lucas? Do you know everything though? We feel this challenge. It's just, it's overwhelming. But friends, that's the grace and gift of God. Like that's, that is grace. It is overwhelming. It is a bit scandalous. It is a bit Really? The whole world? Every bit of it? Yes, this is our God. There is no greater peace or love in this world than the love of Jesus. It's not about if you deserve it, friends. That's why it's grace. And I get that it may feel overwhelming, but it's the only place, hear me today, it's the only place you'll really find peace and love and acceptance. This is the grace of God. Paul wrote this in Galatians 2. And again, he's trying to convince them. He's trying to show them how important it is to have the peace, the love of Jesus, not the law, dictate their life. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. How many people can agree with that? Like, when I tried to make myself right, when I tried to do things on my own accord, I realized I fell short. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless for keeping the law would make, excuse me, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there would be no need for Christ to die. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. Friends, can I please implore you, trust Jesus. He really loves you. He absolutely sees every in and out, up and down, mistake and good job. And he says, I want all of it. I see all of it. This is my gift to you. It is grace. No one deserves it. No one can boast about it. This is our God. Amen. I think another reason we struggle with finding freedom is because it's just hard confronting the difficulties and hardships of our life. It's, it's, it's not easy to talk about those things. We don't want to talk about this in our life. Fair enough. We don't want to bring up hurtful moments. Understandable. We don't want to uh, embrace or, 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 or face the trauma and, and try and move on. I think with anything I know I've realized in the last couple of years, it's that it's easier to live with pain than try and work through it. That sometimes it truly is easier just to live with the pain and really work through it. 
Like for the last few weeks, my back has been hurting. I don't know what happened. I think I flipped my mattress and then I woke up and my back hurt. Like, you know, isn't that funny? You know, you're getting old when you try a new pillow and you need chiropractic surgery for, you know, like that's what happened. I think I tried a new pillow and I woke up and was like, what happened? Like I couldn't even, you know, function. And Trina kept being like, you should go see, get an appointment. You should go an appointment. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'll just keep doing this all the time. I'll just be listening to Andy at staff meeting, doing this. And he's probably wondering what's happening. Like it's just, it's so much, it feels like it's easier. Friends, it's not. My back still hurts. It's not easier to just live with the pain. And let me say this, it's absolutely not more beneficial for the people around you. Here's the thing I want you to hear today. You don't walk through it alone anymore. If you are in Christ, then the Spirit of God is with you. And I think we have there's a, like this lie that we're walking through pain alone. And if you are a Christian and a part of a healthy church, nothing could be further from the truth. This is why we always push, always will push, continue to grow and expand our small group ministry. Because we understand that the Christian walk in, is meant to be done in community. This was never meant to be, I come on Sunday and I go. Never meant to be that way. This moment serves to inspire, to encourage, to challenge, and potentially equip you. But it's the Tuesday night home group, the Wednesday night small group, the Thursday night youth group, getting in small groups. It's those moments where you really get shoulder to shoulder with people, where you express the things that are going on, that people can lay hands and pray with you, where people like Darlene will sit with you and set up a space just to listen and to encourage and to like pray with you and to say, I got you, you're not alone in that. You need a small group. And I'm almost like I'm, like, I'm kind of frustrated that we have to keep saying it and people are like, I don't know what my next step is. Are you in a group? Like, I just want to like, Andy would be nice about it, but I won't be because I have a microphone right now. No, I'm just kidding. Like, I just, I, I so believe in this for you. I think we just got so bad at friendship that the church had to create small groups. I don't read about like small group ministry in Acts. They just were together as one, unified, continuing to love each other, serve one another, to give hospitable like time with one another. We didn't get, we, we actually got worse at that as time and life went on. And so the church had to say, hold on, we can't just do this alone. We're missing it. So that's why we do small groups in Alpha, which is done in groups, and youth ministry, which is done in groups. And right now, if you have kids, they'll be in kids ministry meeting in groups across every age demographic because we know that pews are wonderful and worship is great, but getting in a circle on Wednesday night changes things. It's where freedom can be found. You're not alone. I was just saying to someone this week, and I, I often say this in moments when I'm having a, like a pastoral counseling appointment, it's not to minimize what someone is going through, but it's because it usually is the case. I was just saying to someone this week who was going through a rough breakup, last week someone who, who's just walking through a divorce, and I said, can I be honest with you? And I know this may sound weird. You're not alone in this. There's other people walking through similar things. And that's not to minimize your pain, but it's to show you that there are people, even in your community, that want to walk with you, that are also facing similar challenges. Friends, you're not alone. You're not alone. Galatians 3.21, it says, is there any conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. 
But the scriptures declare this, and I love this verse for this moment here, that we were all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Christ Jesus. It says this, that we all were prisoners, and now we all receive God's promises. All receive his freedom. Meaning, we have to come together in this. We've all fall short of the glory of God. And yet, when we come together, when we talk about the Lord, when we embrace what he has, when we get into the scriptures, we all find freedom. That's the heartbeat of Coastline Church. Are you hearing me this morning? I think the final reason why I think we are, we have a difficult time finding freedom is that we are trapped by a false gospel which can sound really intense, and maybe it is, but let me just explain what I mean. This is, this is Paul writing in Galatians 5. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Many of you, I'm sure, have heard that verse. It is for freedom that Christ has set, set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, because again, this is a real issue for them. They're like, you can have Jesus, but you also gotta be circumcised. This is super important. And he says, if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated then to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from the first thing we talked about, grace. You're trying to add to something that doesn't need you to add to it. And, and in this case, for, the, for, for many of the Gauls, like the Galatian people, like they have been given a false gospel. They have been, people have come into their region and said, you aren't doing it right, you have to do it like this. And so that's difficult, that's, a, that's challenging. And for some of us, we even, it kind of goes both ways. We'll hear something that's said and we think, oh, but maybe I have to do it like that. And we, we turn our wonderful relationship with Jesus into this obligation-based, rule-based, I do and you free me. It's not how it works. So sometimes it's self-afflicted where we just think we're, we're reading something right and we're not. And sometimes it happens like this, where people really begin to tell you something. Or maybe a long time ago you sat in a church and, and they said something that told you you had to do this. Or if you never do this, or if you don't give in this way, or whatever it may be, you aren't a Christian or you don't love Christ. And now we're faced with that. And Paul is saying here in this moment, and I'm declaring to you even right now, like, he's, he's, he's baffled, you guys. He's utterly baffled that people would try and add a burden, the yoke, a burden on top of their shoulders when they've already, already received love and grace and peace from Jesus. He's, he literally says, Christ will be of no value to you if you do this. Earlier in Galatians, he actually says it's like a curse when you start to add to the gospel. He says, even if an angel came down and said something different, no, 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 no. This is the good news that Jesus brought to us. Don't forget it. If you add to the gospel, then Christ is of no value to you. And I think freedom sometimes for us is challenging because we are stuck in this slavery-type mindset where if I just keep doing this thing, then God will love me. Well, if I just serve this many times, then I receive his, his acceptance. Well, if I just read the book of Joshua twice a year, and if I do this in a 10 group, like it was said, then I'll receive eternity. Friends, it is grace in Christ. That is it. And here's the thing. 
Here's the thing. We don't realize that we can slip into a slavery mentality because we think we're honoring God, but in fact, we're honoring ourselves, right? We think we're honoring God, but we're not. We're honoring ourselves. And, and the, the thing is that Paul even say the law is not all bad. It's not that it is. It's that we feel obligated to the law rather than a sense of obedience to God's law. And that's the tension that we wrestle with. That's that sanctification that we work out in small groups. Not this obligation to, but this obedience to. Not this obligation to a list of things, but an obedience to a loving father. That's the difference. So how do we actually shift from a slavery mindset? How do we get to freedom? I think you saw it there. We embrace sonship, not slavery. And we sang about this this morning. This is it. This is the only point I have for you in how we do this, because I think it's actually where we have to start. We have to start here. We have to start with our inheritance as children of God. We have to, like, it's just not something, I don't know, we, we sing about it, and then we're reminded, and then it's like it, it drifts away. We forget about it. And I gotta get my stuff, I gotta figure it back out, I gotta, I gotta be, you know, good, obedient, follower of Christ, a disciple, someone who's mature. Yes, absolutely. But every day we have to remember, recite, recall, bring forth to mind the inheritance and adoption of being a son and daughter of Jesus. I want to read to you some scripture that Paul writes, and it's, it's a bit, there's like 13 or 14 verses I want to read to you. If you want, you can close your eyes and just open your heart, but just, just hear this. Hear what Paul is saying. You can just listen. You can look at it on the screens. Galatians 3.23, it says this. Again, he's still talking to the same people who are trapped, right, in a false gospel, who are trapped in this, if I do, I get type of mindset. He says this, before the coming of this faith, we were held in custody under the law. Before Jesus came, we were held and locked up, locked up until the faith that was to come would be revealed. So the law was our guardian until Christ came, that we might be justified by faith. Now that this faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, male nor female, for we are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Jesus, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And then if you just flip the page, you'll be writing Galatians 4, and it says, when the set time had fully come, God had sent his son, born of a woman, like Pastor Laura said, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father, Verse seven, final verse for you. Please let this drive home for you. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. Freedom will be really challenging if we continue to have a slavery type mindset. If we really feel like I just, if I just do enough things, God will then fill in the blank. 
And I'm here this morning to tell you, and I'm trying uh, hopefully to artic- for you to, uh, to articulate the need and necessity for us as Christians, no matter how young or how old we are, no matter our background, no matter Jew nor Gentile, no male nor female, that we would realize that our place, our identity is a child of God. Like freedom is going to be a really challenging thing if we don't first embrace and love that identity, receive that inheritance, accept that there may be some things I'm not proud of, but I have a father who is proud of me, that he sees me, that he knows me, that yeah, he may, he may challenge me and discipline me, but he does it out of love and out of my love for him. I walk in obedience every day the best I can. Forgetting what's happened, I press on towards the prize. And I want to say a couple things about this verse as we close. Friends, it is sonship for all. Ladies in here, that is a good thing, and this is why. In the Jewish heritage, usually it was like firstborn son would get a double portion, and then the rest of the father's inheritance, the family inheritance, would be split. And women wouldn't receive any land typically. It was usually like a dowry that would go with them as they got married to someone else. It was very different, not quite as much. Land was the biggest like, thing you wanted at this point. But Paul is saying something very clear. He's actually flipping the language for good reason. He's saying, doesn't matter, male or female, it doesn't matter. Everyone is equal in receiving this gift. That's why he says sonship. That's why he's very careful with his words. He's saying, listen, everyone is a child of God. Jew, Gentile, male, female, slave, free. Everyone receives as long as you come to Jesus. Everyone receives. I preached a sermon one time similar like this in India. And can I tell you, they had a very different concept of slavery than I did. And we talked about being a child of God. And I can tell you, there was not a dry eye in the place. Because they really know what it feels like to be a slave. And the problem with maybe our culture and our place and where we are is we don't realize that we have a slave-like mentality. And we're wondering why we can't find freedom. We're wondering why we continue to struggle with the same thing. I see there's, there's some awesome kids in the house. I know there's probably parents in the, in the nursery and the mother and babe's room. And as you hold your child, as you embrace your kids, you know There's a love like nothing else. And this is how God sees every single person in here. This is how he views you today, friend. But do you view yourself as this? Your identity, your inheritance, that's what propels you to obedience. That's what propels you to fight for and chase after freedom. And so there's two steps for you today, for all of us. Man, if we want to be a church, if Coastline Church, if we are going to say, yeah, we can stand here and say we are a home of revival, and we want to stand here and say, yeah, we are free, free in Christ, that we have to surrender to God and accept our place as children and heirs of the Most High. And no matter what you would put on your identity today, no matter how you would see yourself, no matter how tough guy you think you are or put it all together, woman that you are, firstly, child of God. Firstly, son and daughter. Firstly, heir, citizen of heaven.
you don't, if you don't switch that mentality in your mind, if you don't shift that perspective, I think freedom's gonna be challenging and we don't want that to be the case. We want you to break free of the past. We want you to see those chains broken. We want forgiveness and, and, and passion to come back into your life and it happens when you put yourself under God, you receive the inheritance, you enjoy the blessing, you don't live in slavery, you don't let the shackles hold you back. God has taken those away. He's pushed you from that and he wants to work on you and through you and in you as a child of God. So just sit. Just sit as a child of God. But maybe where you sit in a small group as a child of God. Help with that. Sit with other children of God. Get in the circle. Can I pray over you? All across this room, let me pray over you. And you can sit if you want. Often we call you to stand, but you can sit right now in this moment. The team's coming. We'll sing a song. Heavenly Father, we pray that Heavenly Father, I pray today identities would be shifted. That for the first time, maybe in a long time, when we sing those words, I am who you say I am, we would really believe it. For that person who is struggling, although they've, they've chosen you, they've just continued to sit in the same sin. They've continued to sit with bitterness. They've continued to sit with disappointment. They've continued to sit just burdened. I pray in Jesus' name, freedom over their life. God, I pray you would break chains that had, that had been attached to something and rusted over twice time, two times, God. I pray that there would be a renewal in the heart. God, I pray over this room that if, if they haven't before, that right now in their heart and in their life, they'd say, Jesus, I want to choose you. I want that adoption. I want to be a son and a daughter of the Most High. God, I pray right now that we would receive our inheritance, that blessing, that we would not run from it, but we would run right towards it. That if we want to find freedom in this place, God, that we would be people who every day we get in small group, we, we continue to choose that we are children of God. God, that we would not just try and be parents to our kids, but first we would let you parent us. You shape us. You challenge us. That we would remind ourselves and recite and recall and bring forth to mind our sonship in Jesus' mighty name. Freedom over all. Freedom for all. God, that we would be church, coastline church that embraces the freedom you have. So Lord, let us chase it. Let us find it with you, Lord, leading the way. If you name me, I pray. And everybody said, come on, everybody said, would you stand to your feet?